0: Welcome to Catholic stuff you should know, a J10 initiative. Oh, oh, hello. Welcome <laughs> Didn't to. No, uh, you were here. Welcome to the podcast. This is Father John and Joe. <laughs> <laughs> sounds more and more lame. Doctor, now that you're. How about we call you Doctor Joe? Oh, all right, I'll, I'll take that. I mean, Chris
1: Lebsock calls himself a doctor, but it's he's like that. Really, like a Doctor Dr. Grip?
0: That was the best pen ever. You remember those Dr. Grips? I think I was in middle school.
1: They were huge. Yeah, ones. they had like, they like formed to your entire hand. Yeah, it would refresh with hand. like an ink thing at the bottom. Dr.
0: Grip. Yeah, we'll call you Dr. Grip. I, Dr. Grip, whoever invented that pen was probably not a doctor either. So, okay, enough of this nonsense. We got business to do. We do. I have already been mocked for the topic at hand. So Um, instead of that, yes. If you're referring to me
1: saying it sounds boring, (laughs) I wasn't mocking you. I was just being honest. How can
0: you... But I I have faith in you. This could be really exciting. we'll see. Well, before we do that, we have a couple of exciting things to talk about and a couple of shout-outs. Yeah. We haven't done this in a while. Oh, we we did this last week, but but we haven't done this like this in a while. So we had Father Peter last week. That Mm -hmm. was great. I'm happy everybody got to hear. Oh, we should apologize. We should apologize. Um, Sorry for Mike, tech guy. Mike, that guy, I... I tell you what. You know what?
1: Just... I, I texted him like two days ago, three days ago. And I was like, hey, man, I'm not trying to be a jerk, but I know this podcast isn't up. You know, what's going on? Is everything all right? And he's like, well, he's like, yeah, sorry. I, this whole engagement thing is really throwing me off. And I forgot that Mike is was proposing to his girlfriend this weekend. I was planning all this stuff. The so The
0: podcast came out late because Mike is now engaged. That's right. And he chose the most epic possible way. To get engaged. This is awesome. Were you there? No. Were you there? No, I was in Montana. We're pretty lame. So we, uh, this is what Mike did. Mike, our tech guy. So he had been dating this girl for about two and a half years. This girl, (laughs) Mackenzie. Sorry, well, they don't know her. (laughs) Mackenzie. And so what they did was they drove about three hours from Denver to the base of Mount Elbert, which is the highest peak in Colorado, 14,433 feet, I think. And they started hiking at 10 p.m., summited at sunrise with their family and friends and he proposed to her at the highest point in Colorado at sunrise that, on Saturday. I love it. I think that's pretty sweet. That is pretty sweet. That guy's got style. I was actually terrified that
1: because Mackenzie, Mackenzie I don't think had ever climbed a 14er before and for those of you who aren't from Colorado it's not really an easy thing. It's to, not. It's like climbing stairs for five hours <laughs> or six hours or however
0: long. It's more fun than that. It, it, is,
1: it is more fun with a really good view. It's really like climbing view. stairs but um, but I was really afraid that she was going to be like, crying at the top of, like, pain to her legs and back. She's in ridiculously but, good shape. Yeah, but she did great. In fact, Mike almost didn't make it to the top, so it was actually, we should have been more concerned for him, We should have, but we shan't. We shan't. Cause because they're engaged. It worked.
0: He did it. And I saw her at Starbucks. I didn't know she worked at Starbucks. She's a Starbucks barista, so be careful if you're a single Catholic guy. That's She scooped him up. I know. Look at that big diamond on her ring. That right is. So congratulations to Mike. The Polito brothers are coming backpacking in Colorado next weekend. What? Or next summer. This is very exciting. You're, you're wondering what are we talking? Yeah, about? Yeah, no, this is like Joe red. and I haven't uh, we haven't uh, conversed. But these ever are since all podcasts, John's been ordained, we don't see each other. This is the only time other we interact. Much, so we got uh, we, We're about doing our a lot friends. of catch up here. So but they're sorry. coming out. Bear with us. We yeah. have a um, well. We, we should do a podcast on the short of visco of John Paul. We already did one on John Paul, but we'll do another. Well, we already did... talked about that. Didn't yeah. we? <laughs> it's all blown to get. I've done yes. fifty of these. You... <laughs> This is actually the
1: second transubstantiation podcast. What <laughs> I want to talk about is
0: negative theology next week. Oh no, we already did that like five times. Is okay, that coming out next Let's week? do it. We're we're totally. Uh, well, it's only like three minutes. We can keep talking for a little bit. Yeah, I, I don't want to bore you, man. With transubstantiation, I want to talk about other things. So <laughs> don't be ashamed. This is this is not this is exciting stuff. Okay. I have the faith reason, in you. Joe, Joe, the reason why we're doing this though is because we just celebrated the Feast of Corpus Christi. Ooh. Yes. And you preached, I imagine. I did. I preached to two of the masses. One of them uh, was a disaster. Not the homily, but the mass in general, because I had to set up. Our deacon here uh, tore his Achilles tendon, which is kind of a oh. bummer. So he's out for a while, which means uh, Father Joe Schmo, myself, who doesn't know anything about anything, had to set up. And Gobel and I were there, and we had to, like, like, we had to down about three gallons of water. Precious blood after mass because we set up way too much. Didn't, didn't do enough hosts, so I'm handing gluten-free hosts out to people, breaking them in thirds, and it was horrible, oh, man. So that was an adventure, but the homily was really fun. And I've been thinking about transubstantiation all week. And in in my hand, Joe, I'm holding Volume Two of the oh, Summa Theologiae of Saint Thomas Aquinas. Now. Why Joe would think this is boring is beyond me. Fifth article of question 75 of the second part of the Summa, whether the accents of the bread and wine remain in the sacrament after the change. Or sixth article, Joe, whether the substantial form of the bread remains in the sacrament after its consecration. Is it annihilated? Is it substantiated instantaneously? These are the questions that Aquinas was dealing with and for some reason don't thrill you at all. I'm sorry. If I have a blank look on my face, it's not because I'm not enthralled.
1: No, I mean, this. I, I didn't mean that as a diss on, like, yeah. Thomas. I've heard this um, said, and I was like, wow, that makes a lot of sense. I forget who he said. Maybe it was Contro Mesa. It might have been something I read recently. But he said the problem with theology is that it's theological. And what he meant by that was that the problem with theology sometimes is we talk about things that don't actually mean anything in our life anymore. Right. And they're just kind of like these pie-in-the-sky abstract things. Um, not that they are theology. Is, uh, don't don't get me wrong here. Theology is very important and we need it. But the danger with it is that it gets gets detached from the Christian life. Exactly. And when it gets divorced from that, then you have theologians who are no longer saints, and you have uh, this divorce between faith and reason. Uh, it it kind of goes with that whole thing. And so transubstantiation is very important. But I challenge you, John, and exhort you to. To make it, make it, make it, make it mean something to us, because this is important. This is the heart of the Christian life, the Eucharist. You know, so
0: good. Give it to me. Okay, good. That's a good prep. Prep, um, but uh, let's start with what it actually <laughs> is. How does Sorry. that sound? Uh, let's do it. No, that's great. You're you're very critical. You're a little jaded theologically, but, uh, but <laughs> I wonder that's where okay. I would get it from. <laughs> the, don't look at me. The um, so Joe has a good point, and that is when we start to define things, the, things theologically. Uh, we're we're doing something risky because uh, you can never rationally fully grasp in a concept a mystery that God has revealed. The Eucharist is a is a mystery. Literally, the Greek we get the word we call it sacraments, which comes from the Latin sacramentum, but that comes from the Greek mysterion. They would just call them mysterium mysteries. So that's what they are. Is that God's self-disclosure and actual transmission of his life, his very Trinitarian life, through the means of creation in the sacraments. That's Mm. tremendous. But we use philosophical concepts to try and articulate that. Yep. Right. Still with me? No, I'm with you. This is a good stuff. But we have to be careful always to know that those concepts never fully grasp the full articulation we never can totally comprehend what we're talking about we can apprehend
1: something of it we exactly. can kind of grasp onto something of it but never there's so much more that we cannot
0: explain yep. and not articulate that we do experience and exactly don't. and and that is the great danger is that when you start to uh, abstract everything and um make it ideas make it objects of the of the intellect it loses its ability to have any have anything to do with our life whatsoever mm. And so when I gave a homily this weekend, it was not about transubstantiation. Oh, what was it about? Uh, Well, it was about, started with, I climbed Mount Sinitas. <laughs> I was going to say, it about a mountain. It was. <laughs> on, sa- on Saturday morning, I decided I was going to climb this mountain outside a boulder called Mount Sinitas. But I didn't have a lot of time. I wasn't prepared. So I just grabbed my mask kit, went up with a couple college kids. We didn't bring any water or food. And I was in Birkenstocks. And it was kind of a disaster because <laughs> we got so thirsty. Well, I was, what I was talking about was... <laughs> the, the physical body's needs and desires for when we're when we when we're thirsty, when we're hungry, when we're tired. We know exactly when we need coffee because we want to pretend like we're not tired. Whatever it is, we know, but we, we're we not in tune with the needs of the soul. And we're dying spiritually a lot of the times so There's people out there dying because we're not giving them, we're not equipping them to articulate what the needs of the soul are. And the whole argument was this. This is the gist of the homily. I could have climbed Mount Sinidas and bore it. And I did on Saturday and it wasn't fun, but it would have been a lot better to just have some water and have some food. Mm-hmm. If I know what the needs of my body are. And if I know that I'm a body and soul composite, which is what I am, the unity of the two, then I know that I need to care for the soul as one. I do that with the Eucharist. So that's, that was the gist. of Nice. That was the homily. That's awesome. Transubstantiation is a Latin word. Actually two Latin words, trans and substantiation or substantio, which is the word substance. And trans is where we get like across, across movement change. So it's really a change in substance. And this Mm -hmm. is where it gets tricky and this is where it gets heady. So what we're going to do, Joe, is we're going to kind of take off. We're going to fly up, into the abstract, and then we're going to try and land this thing back there into reality. That's How does what that I sound? like to hear. Okay, are you going to
1: unpack what you just read from uh, the Summa over there? Uh no, probably not. <laughs> okay, so that was just to
0: impress you. I'm I'm impressed. People who read Balthazar, like myself are told they don't read the Summa, and so I just wanted to show Joe. <laughs> You're just I, trying to get your
1: street cred with I the uh, with uh, uh, the Thomists out exactly. there. Exactly.
0: There you go, Thomas. But this is um, Thomas is credited with this phrase transubstantiation, but it wasn't actually from him. It was a guy uh, about two centuries earlier. And what, what had happened, so we got to go into like, what, what's going on here? There's a, there, from the earliest days of Christianity, there's an engagement of philosophy with revelation. So the Jews kind of give us God's self-disclosure in history, and the Greeks give us, and we've talked about this before, they give us this mm-hmm. kind of philosophical articulation, this way of right. rationally articulating that which is. The, the Greeks give birth to philosophy, and there's mm-hmm. this convergence, this confluence, so to speak, in Christianity, and there's always an exchange. There's always a desire. But the, the thing that happened was the two great, greatest um, philosophers of the Greek world, Plato and Aristotle, Aristotle kind of dropped out, so to speak, kind of dropped out. He never really made it into the West, kind of had, but we didn't have a lot of his work. It mm-hmm. wasn't until the 10th and the 11th century that Aristotle makes his way into Europe via the Muslim world and the Muslim conquest of Spain. So he starts coming in and then they start picking up Aristotle, all over uh, Europe, especially at a place called the University of Paris, which is where Thomas Aquinas is uh, teaching. And so uh, Aristotle was banned at one point by the church. He wasn't supposed to be read. But uh, once embraced, they realized he gives a new, fresh articulation. And one of the things that Aristotle had that Plato didn't have was an understanding of how the material and the spiritual are both good in themselves, and there's kind of a uh, an interaction of the two. Yeah, an interaction. So what he would which say, which is perfect for doing sacramental stuff, right? Because it's all about the interaction between the material and the spiritual. Right, and the and the, really the question behind uh, Aristotle's metaphysics, metaphysics meaning other than the physical, the you know the spiritual, was how do we deal with change? How do we deal with change hmm. when things change? Is it so like Joe uh, cuts his beard off? Okay, God forbid. Uh, God forbid is right, which he does every once in a while. He looks like a little child. But uh, (laughs) he should grow up back. Now, does he change? Is that the same Joe? Or uh, is he uh, a totally different thing? At what point can he change what he is while remaining he is? This is like, again, this is a really weird philosophical concept, but philosophers have been thinking about this stuff. And what Aristotle articulates is he says there's a distinction between the substance of Joe and the accidents of Joe. So the substance of Joe. These are important terms. Is the Joe-ness right there. But the accidents are facial hair, balding head. Did you uh, have to, That was the, the first thing you thought of. Awkward. Of you got the watch tan going. Let's see. You got Birkenstock. No, I don't. I
1: didn't have a watch for a while,
0: so oh, okay, there you go. You have a scar on your, uh, I don't know what happened there. On your elbow, you got a little scar. Oh, that's from Insanity. You, oh, Insanity. Uh, you just wanted to say you're doing Insanity. It's true,
1: man. Look, both elbows. Oh, Low
0: plank so, push-ups. You're awesome. Tear your elbows up for those of you who are nuts.
1: <laughs> you're awesome. Actually, I'm awesome. Do you and I have explain, love handles. Do you want to so. explain what insanity is? I don't even know. It's like a it's <laughs> like it's like a Richard Simmons of the 2011 <laughs> era. That's pretty much what it is. It's more
0: exciting. I do it okay. with Andy Morrow who I'm drinking something. I just want to clarify, it's water. <laughs> okay. Not bourbon, no, no, not, it's not. not some uh, sort of substance or are accidents getting, that you're abusing. People get nervous. Yeah, so when I drink this water, what's going on there? Is this part of my substance? these are the tough questions that they're dealing with um and how much of joe can change but then something happens with death where it's like okay it's not just like you know when joe does insanity tomorrow and he has to do when he's on his 10,000 push up and he just dies <laughs> in my backyard or something uh then something has changed the substance has changed in a way and that's where we have to talk about so that's this is aristotle's way again if this is new language for you we got the substance remains But accidents are changing constantly. So accidents are things like color, or you know, texture, or you know,
1: different parts about something that don't
0: actually aren't essential to what it is. Right. Joe's
1: wrinkly face. My wrinkly face.
0: It's actually not wrinkly, but in 50 years it'll be wrinkly. That'll be a
1: change, but it won't be a substantial change. It'll still be be accidental change. Exactly. Is how we use these things. Exactly.
0: So everything in creation is changing accidentally constantly, but the substance the substance of things are remaining. You think about the trees. Uh, Boulder is a great place to live because there's so many trees. They're in leaf now, but in the fall, the leaves are going to turn and then they're going to drop off in the winter and then they're going to regrow in the spring. The tree itself, the substance of the tree as a living thing remains, but the leaves and the accidents of the tree change. So it looks different, but it's the same thing every season. And we know that. So this is just a philosophical way of articulating that. Mm -hmm. Accidents change, substance remains. Right. Okay, got that. Transubstantiation means when there's a change in the substance, but not the accidents. It's the exact opposite. So the tree... Mm -hmm changes the accidents change the leaves change the colors change it gets new bark whatever i don't know right right you know the squirrel rips it all off whatever it things is. that aren't essential to the tree right mike's new puppy comes and pees on the bottom of the tree something like that mm-hmm. father mike got a puppy he asked me to did he really yeah he did he asked me to get that get him a shout out in the Are thing you so kidding me That's it's ridiculous awesome we camped we camped on sunday night outside a steamboat and he, the little puppy had to be in the tent with us and I was thinking, this is bad. This is bad news because, you know, little puppies do. And he was actually really, you did a good job. Oh, really? No, no, no problems. We lost him for about 15 minutes in the sh- in the grass because he's so small. But then we found him and that was good. He didn't get it. Eat- <laughs> he's like bear. He's like <laughs> what bear What kind bait. of dog is he? I don't know. Don't, some little. You have no way of <laughs> explaining it.
1: <laughs> he told me. Give me some of his accidental properties. Is he brown? Uh, is he, he looks like a little he fox. curly hair? No, he looks like a little fox. Looks like a fox? He might be a fox, baby. <laughs> it might have just been a fox that Mike found in the woods and said, Hey, a puppy.
0: <laughs> Sounds like something Mike would do. Father yeah, would. Mike. Now back to transubstantiation, Joe. Yes. We got to hustle this. here because I got to land this plane, stop this train. No, you're doing great, man. You've only been going for like six minutes. Oh, thank you. It's that's not true. That's a lie. The uh, So transubstantiation is when the substance changes, but the accents remain. And that's exactly what Thomas Aquinas uses, applies Aristotle. And his understanding of substance and accidents, and he flips it to articulate what happens in the sacrament of the Eucharist. When I look at the Eucharist, what happens? Well, when the change happens, there's no, it doesn't physically taste different. It doesn't physically look different. It doesn't smell different. Mm -hmm. It looks like bread, tastes like bread, smells like bread. But the substance has changed. So that which is visible, the accidents remain, but the substance itself has changed into the body and blood of Christ. Now, this is a philosophical way of articulating a mystery that has always been held to be true. This is the body and blood. This is truly the real presence, the body and blood of Jesus Christ. How do we articulate that? This is a philosophical way of of doing that. Thomas says this, and then it gets defined at the Fourth Lateran Council in 1215, and then in the 16th century by the Council of Trent. So transubstantiation is not... Okay, this is important for you. I'm um, keep going. My uh my uh doubting my doubting friend here, doubting Dr. Thomas grip the uh transubstantiation is not an option to just be like, "Uh, oh, it's a philosophical thing." I think we'll just dismiss it. They mocked it left and right in the reformation. Yeah. But there's something of the essence of the sacrament that is being articulated by this that the church has set it in stone. That's- so it's not it's just not an option to say, oh, "I don't know if that's I don't like that. I prefer whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's no. It's you. It's it's really important, and it's interesting that
1: a lot of the hymns that we sing that are Eucharistic hymns were actually composed by Saint Thomas Aquinas. I don't know if a lot of people don't know this. Right. I mean, we sing um, "Tantum Ergo" at every. Well, you know, mo- it's the most common hymn for you know uh, what is it? Reposition. You right. sing at the end. So right. Reposition. Um, and the "Tantum Ergo" was composed by Thomas Aquinas, and the. English translation, you know, down in adoration falling, this great sacrament we hail. And there's that one line about um, faith will tell us that Christ is present when the human senses or the feeble, feeble, feeble senses, senses fail. fail. And yeah. he, he's pointing to his theology about, in the church's theology, which is, it has adapted, that our senses tell, we perceive the accidents of something through our senses. Right. But our senses fail to tell us the substance of this. The yeah. substance is Christ. But our, what we sense, you know, walks like a duck, quacks like a duck, it's a rhino. You know, that's what yes. this is. This yeah. is like we, we we our senses tell us, you know, this is everything, uh this is bread in every in every sense, you know. But the one he says uh in one of his other hymns in the pot, what is it? Oh, what's the one? Adorato, Adorato, I don't Adorato. But, but, but he talks about um the hearing, the sense of hearing is the one we trust because we hear. Christ tells us this Christ is my tells body. Us this is body. Yeah. And so he he's pointed to that hole, the accidental changes. Uh, don't the, the accidents don't change? The yeah. accidents remain the same, but the substance has changed. Yeah. this is Christ's body. And let me
0: tell you something. Yeah, you want real faith? Try it when it's in your own hands. Try. That's takes it to the next level. Yeah, eucharistic faith. Yeah, what's when it's when you're the that? one who says it and you're the one who does it. That's tremendous. It's unbelievable. And uh, we need to say mass after this because we haven't said mass today. That's right. But the uh, um, yeah, the Eucharist is. This is one of this is the source and center uh, summit of our faith as we, we often talk about. It's the heart of everything. And I told the people that. I said, if you have problems, and this is where we go, we're landing the plane here. Okay. My homily was talking about if the church's teaching looks like a just a bunch of just random stuff that cannot be kind of ordered you got moral teachings about this, you got this, whatever. Um, and if it feels like there's no connecting this to your life whatsoever, the, the point of entry into your life for all of this church teachings, everything converges in the Eucharist in Christ's sacrificial body because it is the representation of the definitive act that was on our behalf which is Christ dying on the cross for our sins, for our miserable life for whatever it is for our anxieties, for our fears, for our doubts taking everything on, all of existence on in his body, suffering it conquering it and then having a way of offering that for all of history, all of time through the sacrament and through the church that's why the Eucharist matters yeah, and that's why any philosophical articulation is at the service of the deeper reality, mm-hmm. which is that by by this means salvation is gained. Uh, and Christ is very clear on this: if you do not eat my body and drink my blood, you do not have life within you. That's huge. It's, it's huge. so it's beautiful. It's like the way
1: that Christ remains with us. Yep, like when He says, "I will be with you." oh you know in the at the end of the Gospel of Matthew, and He says, "And I behold, I am with you into the end of the ages, or I am with you always." Like, yes, he, God is omnipresent, but this is the way that he is physically present, and he knows us. He knows that we're not just—we've talked about this a lot—we're not just these angelic beings. You know, we can't separate our soul and our bodies. Mm-hmm. Like, we are, we are really a soul-body composite. Are, I, I can't separate those two things. And because of that, everything that I encounter, um, I encounter in some way through the physical. You know, even if it's ideas, I read them on a page or I hear somebody speaking to me. Um, and because of Christ, Christ knows us and He loves us, and to be with us, He doesn't want just to just to kind of be with us, you know, spiritually only. He's He's He is He became man, and so he's with us in His humanity, meaning He is a man, body and soul, Absolutely. body, blood, soul, and divinity. That's how He does it in the Eucharist.
0: It's awesome. And one last point on that, my friend, I was having coffee with my friend Tim Pinnick today, and he was a Baptist growing up, and he went to he went to mass with his wife for jeez, twenty years, over twenty years. Cool. Very uh, converted as a Baptist, but he always would say to her, "If this is really the teaching, if this is really His body and blood, what, why, are, why are we just taking it so nonchalantly?" And he really came to believe it. And I said, "How'd you come to believe?" He's like, "Grace. There was this grace to to see it eventually." And he, uh, he's a rock star Catholic now. That so is awesome. Work, Tim. but he he said that to me, and I was like, "That is true." He says, "If we if we really believe this, we should be on our knees constantly in adoration."
1: That's true. It's a beautiful thing. I've I've I have a number of Protestant. Uh, or former Protestant friends who have converted uh, through adoration, like they've just—I had I, a good friend of mine from college, uh, uh, Justin Lambs. I don't know if you never knew Justin, yep. uh, but his wife—they were dating for years throughout high school—and she was always Protestant, and they were she was—they were both very religious. And uh, but she would always struggle with uh, just different things in the faith, especially Mary and the Eucharist. And uh, what really got her, she just started going to adoration to pray, and she was just like, "Jesus, if this is you." You just gotta show me. And she just had powerful experiences in adoration. Beautiful. So it's beautiful, if you have any if you have any Protestant friends who you're like you're talking to about the faith, eventually you just need to stop talking and say, Just come come to the chapel with just me. Come to the chapel. And it's a powerful experience. If somebody if there's a crack in somebody's heart and they're just cracking the door open to say, Maybe Lord, if this is you, just show it to me. The Lord can work in powerful ways yep. through his presence. And uh in ways that we can't he cuts right through the head, straight to the heart. So Yeah, it's a great gift we have.
0: But the head helps us. It does help. It keeps us focused. That's why we talk about transubstantiation. Transubstantiation and how it works. So, Well, we'll see you guys
1: next week. And any more thoughts, suggestions, insults, comments, whatever, we will take them. CatholicStuffPodcast at gmail.com.